Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Roscoe here, your co-host, and today we are launching an episode of the recent uh, Mental Mastery Golf TV, which you can find over at uh, Jamie Glazier's Instagram, with uh, an interview he did with Lucas Herbert. Yep, it's the one and only favorite of the podcast, favorite client of Dare to Dream. We love having Lucas on. Well, this is the replay of that interview. It's a good one. You should listen to it. It's a catch up with Lucas, everything that's going on in his world. And I'm sure that if you haven't listened to it at the Mental Mastery Golf TV over at Jamie Glazier's Instagram, you can listen to it here on the podcast. Thanks for joining us and look forward to it. Hope you've enjoyed the Masters. What an exciting finish. We'll see you next time. Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. The show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Twenty twenty one now it's kicked back off uh, for me. Obviously, Adam, uh, the European tour started the year over in the Middle East um, with Abu Dhabi. Dubai, Saudi, uh, and then had off the back of my finish in the um, race to Dubai last year, I got into the WGC Mexico, which ironically wasn't in Mexico. Um, and so that was in concession down here in Florida. Um, so had some starts there. And then basically I came over here to the States and, um, what was that? It was early February, probably. And um, sort of, I mean, at the time, we, I didn't have a lot of a plan as to what I was going to do long term. I mean, um, it's two-week quarantine and, and a fair bit of cash every time you want to go back to Australia to pay for, you pretty much have to fly business class because otherwise you're going to get bumped for who knows how long. So um, it's a lot of cash and obviously two weeks of your life that you feel like you just burn uh, every time in those in those quarantine periods in a hotel. So um, I think we flew in here about a week prior to um, to the WGC concession. Um, we obviously met up here in uh, in Orlando, and I think within probably 24 hours of being here, I went, "This is exactly where I need to be uh, long term to try and work on my game, um, get everything better, get." Um, you know, just improve um, and get better going forward. So I see Tim Carey just uh, – actually, it's Jim Carey, really. I don't know why he spells it with a T, but uh, Timmy, how you going? Um, hey, Timmy. Uh, yeah, so I decided pretty much to get it, get set up here in uh, in Orlando. So, um, yeah, I got myself an apartment here um, and, yeah, pretty much set up a second life here, really. So spent uh, the last few weeks just pretty much building flat packs, um, and trying to sneak in some practice in between as well. And then, um, yeah, I played, was it two weeks ago? I played down at Honda Classic in West Palm Beach. And then uh, last week played in Punta Cana down in the Dominican Republic. So I uh, was fortunate to get invites into both of those. Uh, would have liked to have played a little better. But, um, yeah, it was, sort of just, it was a good learning experience. Felt like it did a lot for me. Um, just getting into... Um, getting into the right mental frame to play over here. I felt, I feel like I, I played, I think I played eight PJ tour events before I played um, down there in, in West Palm. And I played, uh, we played Shinnecock for the US Open. We played Carnoustie for the Open. We played uh, Wingfoot. We played Concession, which basically it's not as well known, but it's pretty much known as Concussion, not Concession. Um, yeah. <laughs> We played Mexico, uh, which is a pretty tricky golf course, um, just with altitude, and it's quite um, quite tight, tree lined. So that like I, th- I felt like that played pretty tricky as well. Um, played FedEx and Jude at Southwind, so that was that's also a pretty tough golf course. Um, and I played uh, TPC Harding Park for the PGA. So pro- like Harding Park, not necessarily the hardest golf course, but the rest are probably seven of the hardest tour stops I play anywhere um for the whole year or you know on a on a roster on a rota for any of the majors so i think i'd been beaten up pretty hard by those courses um and to me it felt like it was just such a bigger step from the european tour to go out here and play on the pga tour 
And then yeah. to, 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 to turn up and play at Honda, which um, it's tough. I mean, don't get me wrong, tough golf course, but from looking at what the scoring ended up being and, and what the winning score was and, you know, top five, top 10, those kind of placings and then going and seeing Punta Cana, um, that did a lot for my confidence in knowing like, yeah, I definitely am good enough to play over here. It's, it's probably not as hard as I first thought um, purely because of how hard the golf courses were. And realistically, there were WGCs and majors. Like you're playing against the best 50 players in the world. Uh, if you're not, if you're not playing good that week, you're going to get um, made to look pretty silly. So the fact that, um, you know, I just, I sort of had those experiences, just it beat me up a fair bit. So it was good to see sort of two, I guess two normal events and, and see how, um, you know, more normal life on the PGA Tour looked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and as you say, mate, you uh, you certainly, uh, you know, you, you start your PGA Tour career uh, playing some massive events and really tough golf courses. So, um I suppose, you know, the relocation, uh, we, we've discussed it obviously as a team um, for, for months now, but that's, you know, that's fantastic to be set up over there and, um, you know, have access to Europe when, you know, those European tour events come up, but also have access to, you know, some of the US tour or, or some Mondays. Um, what, what is the schedule coming up? What have you got planned just for people to sort of, I suppose, know and understand what you're prepping for over the next couple of months? Yeah, um, it's sort of a bit. It's a bit of a quiet time for me now. Uh, we've got. Um, I, I mean, my next start that I know I'm playing is the PGA um, at Kiwa Island, uh, which isn't too far yep. away. So I, I might actually go up and, and have a bit of a look around there and, and see how it goes. But um, I know that you know I've, I've got a couple of irons in the fire with uh, with Zurich Classic, the the pairs event. Um, yeah. And then I might try and go to some Monday queues as well um, whilst I'm over here. They're just, you know, Monday queues are tough. Uh, obviously, one day on a golf course you probably haven't seen much of. And they're generally not, they're not the toughest golf courses. They're not the courses that you're finding the best players in that field on, on in, in one round of golf. So um, they're, yeah. they're pretty tricky. But, um, yeah, at, at this point, if I'm trying to play out here on the PGA Tour, I don't really have an option of or a luxury of picking and choosing what I play. I kind of got to go wherever I can. So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll probably try and play a couple of Monday qualifiers, uh, over the next few weeks. Um, Europe just looks so dicey at the moment over there with, um, you know, we, we just had, uh, Portugal postponed. Um, it just, yeah. it seems like it's changing, um, week to week based on we, what the travel restrictions are to different places. Um, and then, like, to be really honest with you, the, the bubble over there in Europe, it, it's super strict and it's obviously uh, it's good for everyone's health and safety, but um, it's just hard work. I mean, I think we're probably going to hear a lot more about it going forward as to guys struggling uh, mental health-wise out there in those bubbles. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a really tricky one for us players to talk about as well because um, we seem very spoilt by trying to say that we look, um, you know, that we're, that we're really upset and that we're really struggling, you know, having to sit in a, in a really nice hotel and get taken to the golf course to play tournaments every, every day. And, you know, this whole side of things, I think we're in a pretty, it, it's, it's pretty hard to complain, but I know, I mean, I know that a lot of guys out there are really struggling with, um, with the mental health side of just, we're pretty much in quarantine, um, yeah. for those, yeah. uh, for those weeks. So, I'm not, I'm not really keen on getting back out to Europe um, to be in those bubbles, but I mean, um, it's what you got to do. It uh, sometimes. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure I will get back over there at some point. It's probably looking like uh, around the U.S. Open time, whether it's before or after the U.S. Open, as to whether I go back over. Um, yeah, yeah, I will get back over there. And obviously, I have a really good luxury too. Of I'm on a winners category there, so I've got another two or three years. Um, exemption it's not like i need to go and fight for my card um this year on the money yeah. list. so um yeah that's uh and i've just seen a question come through was my status extended because of covid yeah um i was i think it was originally through the end of 2022 i had status it's now through the end of 2023 so uh, yeah. obviously that's a real positive um and it's obviously europe's obviously a great spot to play if you play well over there you get some really good opportunities over here in in the u.s as well um you get to play wgc's um you, you know, and then from that you can try and 
um, get some good results in those events or even just average results sometimes can get you into Corn Ferry Finals, um, yeah. which you can kind of backdoor a PGA Tour card that way without having to go through a Q school for the, the Corn Ferry Tour. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the approach that I'm, I'm taking um, and we'll sort of just play it out, ride it out as much as we can. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, I think, you you know, it's, it's, we've been on a really pretty cool and interesting journey the last sort of, you know, number of years and having life outside of golf, outside of the golf course in a really good place um, is such a key priority for us. And as you say, you know, the, the whole lockdown and the bubble in, 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 in Europe is, is something they have to do, which is great. Um, to keep golf going but as you say it's not much fun for uh you know one of the players to, to to live in for a stretch because you've you've got to uh being from from australia you've got to spend a decent amount of time over there playing three or four events in a row to make it worth your while and that that can get draining as you say so i think when when we sort of you know realized that orlando was going to be a base and you were going to be able to to travel, play a couple of events, and then come back and not have to quarantine and and, and get back to a you know we, we will call it your home now. Um, get back to to another one of your homes and just settle in. And um, I think that's so much more uh, you know productive um, from a, a mental health point of view and just you enjoying your life and journey as as a tour pro because I think so many people see your life on the TV and. You know, he's playing these big events and it's so good. Oh, it's my dream. But the reality of it is it's it's not a dream. It's not as much fun as what people perceive. Um, we're not saying that it's it's not great. Obviously, you know, it's it's fantastic, but there are there are difficulties to it and I think your week in Punta Cana is a great I suppose a great example of showing people what some of those difficulties might be. It's obviously a, an extreme week, but it's things that you guys have to deal with. You know, missed flights, this, that, or the other, lost luggage, or in your in your case, um, yeah. Explain what happened at the week in Punta Cana. Yeah, I probably should preface that as well um, with like, I'm really lucky um, that. I'm probably at the, I guess the stage of my life that I'm at as well in that um, if you look at, if we look at the other Australian players like Wade Ormsby or Jason Scrivener or you take Ryan Fox from New Zealand, um, Foxy's just had a baby over Christmas. Um, you know, he's, he's got a one month old at home and he's trying to play on the European tour to keep his card. Yeah. And so he's having to, he's been put between a rock and a hard place in it. Like he doesn't have the option to set up a base in Orlando. Um, yeah. or anywhere in the world, really, unless he doesn't want to see his one-month-old for yeah. for six months, 12 months, um, and his wife yeah. as well. He's just recently married. So I'm, I'm yeah. really lucky. I'm obviously single. Uh, I don't have any family. I have really supportive friends back home and um, and really supportive parents as well in that, you know, um, we, I pretty much didn't see my parents the whole last year, and, and we kind of made that work. Um, obviously, they mean a lot to me, but they're, they're great in that they – um, they don't put a lot of pressure on me. They let me go and, and kind of do my thing. And, um, you know, we catch up when we're home um, and we're never too far away from a phone call. So I'm really yeah. lucky that I can do that. Um, yes. It's, it's got to be so tough for these guys who are, you know, just starting young families now and, and really support, like um, working really hard to try and get a tour card or keep a tour card. So um, yeah. I will preface it with that. So I'm not, yeah. I'm definitely not the worst out of everyone, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. difficult. And I think it's funny, like the things that, the things that we probably hate about our job as golfers is what everyone else loves about. Yeah. Um, they, they, you know, the, the idea of like getting on a plane and traveling right now, everyone's like, everyone loves like, you know, I've seen so much stuff on Instagram. Like I can't wait to walk down the aisle again and hear the captain say, uh, fasten your seatbelts and get ready for takeoff. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, one yeah. can travel right now. Yeah, um, I'm like the worst thing that I want. Like the last thing I would want to do in the next two days would be get on a plane to anywhere. It's just yeah, yeah. it is so much yeah. hard work at the moment. Um, airports yeah. are a nightmare. Um, obviously wearing a mask the whole way through. Um, just having to deal. I mean, I think I feel like airlines are a lot more strict now as well, especially with baggage. You know, you could always kind of sneak through a couple extra kilos here and there. 
I mean, my hand yeah. luggage was weighed getting on the plane in Brisbane. And it's like yeah. they're making me take an iPad out and put it in another bag because my, 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 my backpack was too heavy. It's like, come on, seriously? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. traveling traveling right now is a nightmare. Um, the yeah. PGA's in South Carolina, which is, I think we're just looking at, it was about six hours away. I'm like, I'm driving that every day of the week. There's no way I'm getting on a plane <laughs> and flying up there because that is just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just like checking in and out of hotels. Just a lot of that kind of stuff is... Um, it's the stuff that people love doing when they go on holidays and it's the stuff for us that it's just, it's just a nightmare. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's tricky. And then, you know, obviously talk about last week I was, um, uh, the match play obviously ranked uh, as top 64 players in the world that, um, that are available to play the event. Um, I ended up finishing 70th when the cutoff was. So sort of sitting around um, hoping, obviously you've got Tiger was not playing uh, and then you hear a bunch of other stories. Rosie's not playing. Um, Kepka's not playing. For whatever reason, guys aren't playing. So we get to, I think it was probably like Friday of Honda. Um, was like, okay, you got your first reserve. Anyone else pulls out, you, you, you're there, you're playing. Yeah. I mean, in, in a time with COVID, you've got to have 64 guys test negative for COVID. Um, they've all just pretty much been home for a week. So you're like, someone's got to have picked it up somewhere, right? <laughs> so we fly. So you finish finish Honda Sunday night. You come back. You try and have a day off Monday, but it's like by the time you do all sorts of washing, um, you go to the gym, you see see physios, everything like that. You don't really have a day off. You get on a flight. You go to Austin. So I'm in Austin Monday night. Tuesday we head to the course. Um, basically have go like I had to go get obviously go get a COVID test. We get the results back for that. Um, obviously all negative. We go to the course sort of get set up for the week. So you obviously got to unpack golf clubs, put, like put stuff in the locker if you need to um, register. But then it's also made more difficult by the fact that like my name's not on a locker anywhere. Like I'm first reserve. So yeah. there's, there's nothing, there's nothing there set up for me. I'm kind of sitting around hope, sitting, hoping, waiting, hearing is anyone's like, has anyone got COVID? Like, is it, Oh, I've heard that guy's got a wrist injury. Like, oh, should we go and kneecap him? Like, you know, <laughs> you're just sitting around yeah. like listening, waiting, trying to, uh, just hoping for anything, but yeah, you ended up, I think we sat there most of the day, choose down the range, talking to the reps, talking to like, just talking to a bunch of people. Um, eventually went out on the golf course, played 18 holes, practice down Tuesday afternoon. I think we finished around like six 30. Um, so go back, get some dinner, go to bed Wednesday morning, pack up all of my stuff, leave the hotel, check out of the hotel, um, head to the course. We sat at the course until about nine, nine 15, um, just hoping, you know, if anyone was sick that morning, if anyone's got an injury, like just hoping someone might pull out. But I mean, the thing was like, everyone was fine. No one really had any niggles going into the week. And the other thing is it's, it's a WGC. Like you're going to get 30 grand just eating the ball off the first tee. So, you know, unless, uh, unless you're Dustin Johnson, who's made that much money lately that he doesn't care about 30 grand, then no yeah. one's really that likely to pull out of that 50, 50. So, yeah. yeah, we ended up, um, no one, no one pulled, no one, uh, no one got sick or anything. So all the staff back in the car, straight to the airport, uh, just ditched the hire car, um, uh, and straight into a flight. But it was funny. That was the latest flight we could possibly get out. And it was a two stop flight to get to Port, uh, Dominican Republic, Punta Cana. Yeah. We get to get there at, uh, about nine 30. Um, yeah. and Pewie, my caddy, his luggage doesn't show up. Luckily for me, the golf bag shows up. Um, so yeah, we get, I get to the hotel 10 o'clock at night. Um, I've never seen the golf course before. Yeah. And I've got an eight, eight fifteen tea time the next morning. So it's like, I don't even, I don't even know where the course is. Like I'm trying to, I'm on Google maps. Like how far is it to the golf course? And I'm like messaging yeah. other caddies. Like where's, is the, like, do I need to allow like another 20 minutes in my warm up to get to the range or like, where's the putting green? Where's the first tee? Like, yeah. You know, all this stuff yeah. that like normally you would just be, you'd be so dialed all of a sudden yeah. it's just, you're not. And then, you know, we turn up the next morning, you go to the putting green. Um, we've, we'd swapped, we got a new bag on Sunday and we'd swapped all the bag, all the clubs over everything like that. And, and Pewie had missed one pocket and it was the pocket with my putting training aid in it. So we didn't have any, like any training sort of any normal putting routine. Um, yeah. I dropped some balls and hit some parts and like, I mean, the week at Honda, those greens are firm and fast. They're running at minimum 12. You go up to Austin, they're maybe a touch slower because it had been raining a bit. They're running at 11 and a half probably. 
and we we drop balls first you know first two putts down here at Punta Cana have come up minimum six foot short from 15 feet they're rolling yeah. at like seven so it's like all of a sudden you've got so many adjustments to make um come Thursday morning Pewie's wearing a t-shirt and a pair of shorts that I had in my bag that fit him um it was just there was just so many adjustments to make and like I, I don't know about you. That's not really that much. That's not really my idea of fun, to be honest. Like I'd much prefer to turn up to a golf tournament knowing that like I'm ready. I've done the work. I've, I know where the golf course is. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I know that I've got the speed of the greens dialed in. Yeah. It's just, everything feels ready to go. I just, just didn't have it. Uh, and it was just too, you know, these guys are good. It's just, you can't, you can't give up any sort of advantages to them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that's, you know, as you said before, we, we got off a call, just before we started this, um, just to unpack the week uh, in Punta Cana. And yeah, as you said, there's way too many variables that are variables that on a typical week, you actually try and control to obviously enhance preparation, enhance confidence, and then, you know, really get yourself ready to, uh, to get to the first tee. So um, I'm just going to go to a question from Asher here. Um, uh, Asher's 12 years of age, currently playing off a handicap of 13. What would be your best tip for someone uh, of that age? Um, just make sure you keep enjoying golf. Don't just, I mean, when I, like when I was 12, 13 years old, like I, I was, you know what I'm like, I'm just a competitive guy. I was a competitive kid. I just loved competing. So to me, what made fun, what made golf fun was competing. I loved it when yeah. I started finding guys who wanted to play money matches or have chipping comps or putting comps or anything like that's what I loved about golf. Um, yeah. if you just love getting out and just like hitting balls on the range or you love going and playing nine holes, um, with your dad after school, like go do that, go do what makes you enjoy golf and have fun. Cause like realistically, there's not many of us that make it as professional golfers. And the worst thing you can do is grind yourself into the ground and, and hate the game. So play golf yeah. and enjoy it. And if you feel like you get to a level where you're competitive and you want to take it to another level, then worry about it then. But at 12 years yeah. old, like, go find the most ridiculous chip shots you can at the chipping green and figure out a way to try and hit them and just have fun with it. Try like set up two balls in the bunker and go and go and have like, go and see if you can spin the ball off the front of the green. Just yeah. do like do fun stuff like that and make golf fun. And like, just, yeah, forget, forget handicap, forget all that sort of stuff. It's, um, that, yeah. that stuff will all come, especially if you're 12 years old. I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to hit it too far as well. Like, I mean, I felt like my handicap came down a lot over the years purely just off me hitting the ball further. Um, yeah. So that kind of stuff will, that kind of stuff will come. Just enjoy it. Just have as much yeah. fun as you can. Yeah. No, look, great, uh, great advice here. And for anyone that's joining us that hasn't seen the Mental Mastery Golf TV show, um, you can ask Herbie or myself any questions along the way. Um, MJ Harry 14 just said, keep doing you, brother. No need to explain to anyone. Um, couldn't agree more. And as anyone knows Herbie, he will keep doing him. <laughs> not making anyone, not, uh, not living life trying to make anyone else happy, James. No, exactly. No, I like it. So, um, you know, this, this show is typically, you know, having, uh, having someone on that has been through the Inside Golf Academy, which is my online sort of training hub, um, going through a course and then we unpack a live lesson um, around their, their mental game. So just give, um, give some people uh, a bit of an insight onto mentally maybe what you and I have been sort of targeting the past couple of months and maybe what, what our sort of target points are and focus points are moving forward. Yeah, I think, I mean, for us, it's been a lot of consistency. I'm um, trying to build some consistency around what we do. Um, I think we probably probably hit a low point there at the WGC at concession. Um, and it, I mean, when I say a low point, it wasn't really that bad. Um, it wasn't as if we were, you know, you were uh, talking me off the ledge. We just, we, we felt like we had a, um, a bit of a low point that week. It was like, obviously didn't play great and, and that's going to happen, but it was like, you know, looking back at it, it's like, it's sad to watch how much I beat myself up on the course that week and, and how, um, how terrible I made myself feel for not playing well. Um, and I just had so, I, you know, we just had so much pressure on, well, sorry, I had so much pressure on myself um, to yeah. perform, to, you know, to make things happen so much quicker than um, realistically they need to. Um, golf's just, golf's a, 
it's a long career. Um, it doesn't need to happen in the next five minutes, uh, which I'm not very good with because you know what I'm like with uh, with my patience levels. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want things. I want things done very very quickly. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, I think just understanding that we're playing the long game um, and just building some consistency around that. So, um, obviously, like. For us, we've talked about meditation and just um, understanding what we're trying to do when we when we have that meditation and, and building that um, that meditation into like a daily kind of practice and yeah. um, and feeling like we get good at it. It's something that you know I feel like I do it, and it's you know it's obviously controlling your thoughts, controlling um, you know just just trying to control working on your breathing. And I yeah. think when you first start it, you feel like you're a thirty handicapper at doing yeah. it because. You make two breaths and you're like, oh, we're sweet. We've got this now. And you start thinking, trying to fix all the other problems in your life when it's like, yeah. that's not the, that's not the purpose of the exercise. So, um, yeah, I think just, you know, building some consistency around that. And then even, yeah. I think we got to a point where, um, I needed more confidence. I need, I needed better confidence and I'm not someone who kind of just believes crap for the sake yeah. of believing it. I have to genuinely really see why I should be believing it. So, um, yeah, we started like obviously started doing some journaling stuff. So, um, for us, it was like six things every day, two things that you were really grateful for. Um, two things that you, that were kind of almost like almost little brags to yourself. Like remember yeah. that chip shot here over the back of that 17th green? Yeah. You're damn right. That was a good chip shot. Um, yeah. and then, you know, two things that were like a competence kind of things or something like two things that made you, um, better for the day. Like what did you do today that made you better for the long run? Um, yeah. and that was, you know, we started doing that. Um, it's for me, it's gone, it's gone off the rails the last week or so. It's just been difficult to kind of just with how crazy life's been. Um, but yeah. it's something now going forward once I'm, you know, five, yeah. four or five weeks out from the PGA, like that's something that I need to get, um, built into my life basically every day. Um, I need to be doing that, build a really good solid pattern. Um, yeah. It probably, I've felt like, I've, I've felt like almost my theory is like, uh, however long a pattern took to build, that's how long it's going to take to bust as well. So if you, if you spend four weeks building a pattern, it's going to take four weeks to lose it yeah. at playing tournaments. So it's yeah. like, we need to, you know, I want to build something that's like, it's there. I'm going to, I'm going to build it for six, 12 months. So then that's there yeah. pretty permanently. Um, yeah if you spend two weeks yeah. building something, it's going to be gone pretty quick. So yeah, I just, yeah. Want, to build, I just want to get some consistency going on with my life with, you know, the, the whole mental aspect of the game and then just, you know, just try and be nice to myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome, mate. I think that's the, the important thing there about that consistency, building that pattern slowly, having the patience. We sort of, I call it proactive patience, be patient with the outcomes, but proactive with the building process. So, and that's in any part of the game, but obviously, you know, we, we're, we're targeting the mental game here. So, you know, that's um, having clarity around you, you know, your what, why, and how, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? As you say, really having a purpose to the meditation. What have we got it there for? And, and, and Tommy's asked a question around, what would be your advice for going low in a round? Now, that's something that, we, those scoring comfort zones, I think every single golfer has, and we don't realize it until we're in that moment, but there are specific exercises that can be done uh, in training to help you build a more positive relationship with going low um, and breaking through some of those comfort zones. So Tommy, one of the exercises that, uh, that I sort of uh, give out to clients is two ball best ball. So two ball best ball off the front tees, uh, you know, depending upon your handicap, if you're a scratch marker, you, you probably want to be shooting around, you know, anywhere between five and eight under par for nine holes. And that just starts to get you feeling more comfortable with, with going deeper. But also it changes the cognitive pattern because two ball, best ball, you're just thinking about getting to the next one under par, five to six, six to seven, seven to eight. And that's the changing cognitive pattern that we need to create to uh, to break through. So, Herbie, what have you done in the past to, to sort of help you to go low and around or, 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 you know, work through that comfort zone? Uh, I think it comes with experience of shooting the low rounds as well because uh, when you if you've never shot under, under par before and you're three under with three to play, that's a whole different ballpark from if you've shot the last 20 rounds under par. 
Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously if you, you know, when you're on your, when you're on your career round, your best round you've ever had before, like, hell yeah, your nerves are going to be going and you know, yeah. you're not going to want to screw that round up at all. So, yeah. um, I get it, but it's just like, it's an experiencing. You're going to go and shoot, you know, three under with three to play. You might finish one under. Okay. I've shot one under now. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the next time you go out you, and you're in the same spot, you might shoot three under, you might pile the last three holes. And then eventually you start getting to a point where like, well, maybe I could, what if I birdied like two of the last three and finished five under? Or like, yeah. what if I birdied three of the last three and finished six under? And yeah. like all of a sudden, you know, maybe you change that mindset a little bit um, without even noticing from like a, what could go wrong to like, what could go right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, so I, think, um, I think there's an element of that. And then um, it's just like a, yeah, just, I mean, for, it's difficult for me. If, if I was to do a two ball best ball off the front tee, like I don't know that that would necessarily build a lot because I, I know that it's, it's a completely different game off a different tee box. So like, yeah. You know, whether it actually builds a real confidence in me might be a different story. Um, but like every time I'm going out at the practice, like I know that if I go and play nine holes here at Arworth, like, you know, the be- like the best guys, I know, like I know Tiger's shot one under playing worst ball around this golf course and this is not yeah. an easy golf course. So I'm like, all right, if you want to compete out there um, on tour, like this is the set, this is the standard you got to be setting yourself at. Like, what am I nervous at two over for? You know, we got to be yeah. shooting one under. Um, yeah. So that's, that would probably be um, the way I've kind of done it. And yeah, like I said, I've shot, obviously I've shot a lot of rounds on the par now. So, you know, you start getting up to like, you know, relative for me, you start getting up to 10 or 11 under for a round and yeah. all of a sudden you're like, Oh, we could shoot 59 here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, for, for Tommy's sake, it's, for, we did a podcast the other day um, on, on pressing the panic button, you know, when a, when a player gets towards their comfort zone and all of a sudden, their heart rate increases, they get a bit nervous. They think that physiological response, they, they actually panic to that, where if you just take a moment and realize, actually, this is, this is a good thing. The, you know, the, the increased heart rate and the, the response my nervous system is having to this, this situation is, is great because I'm actually doing something that I haven't done before or I'm doing something that is, you know, is, is something I've wanted to achieve for a long time. So, allow and accept that your nervous system is responding differently for a good reason um, and then just work with it as opposed to pressing the panic button. Um, so, yeah, so that's another, you know, as I said in that episode, which people can go to, um, you know, the link in my bio has got access to that. That's, you know, just recognising that not, not every shot's the same, not every hole's the same, not every round's the same, and that's okay. You are going to have a different response to the different situations that uh, that pop up when you play. I think maybe I'm wired differently as well, but like yeah. life's no, life's no fun living in your comfort zone. Yeah. But the most yeah. fun that I have in my life is like when you get up near the top of that leaderboard and it's like the adrenaline's pumping and yeah. you know, all of a sudden now that, that that easy five iron swing that you could make two rounds ago on Thursday. Yeah. Good luck making that now. Cause good luck. Try Like you can feel this, you can feel this stuff running through your veins. Like, it is yeah. so much fun. It's the same yeah. as like you go and get you go and get in a real fast car and drive that thing around somewhere out in the back roads going pretty quick. Like that'll get your adrenaline running. And like yeah. that's the fun stuff in life. That's yeah. not sitting in your comfort zone nine to five yeah. every single day of the week. Not for not for you. And that's that's you know, it's an interesting sort of comment because I know for the years, you know, Dom and I and and and, and, and Pewie, like we know that about you and we, we know that you almost search for those moments. So you, the safe option is not something you're going to take too often, even if the safe option is the best option. So we've got to, you know, we've got to work within your parameters of why do you play the game? You play the game for those moments of adrenaline, excitement. And you know what? Why not? Like within reason, why not? Like that's, that's, that's your reason for playing golf. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, just giving you that power to recognise, is this the moment to tap into that? Or maybe, all right, maybe that's, this is one of the other moments. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. So Daniel's, Daniel's just asked here, has your self-talk changed over the years? If so, how? Love the username Ginger Ninja too, by the way. That's brilliant. Um, 
Yeah, so this was something we talked, we discussed pretty recently as well. Um, off the back of the kind of low point, I guess you'd say at the at the WGC concession, like, um, and I, like one comment that you made stuck with me pretty pretty um, pretty true was like, you can you can I don't know whether you want to say you can beat yourself up or you can just get upset at a bad shot, but like never make it personal. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there's a there's a big difference between like that was a shit shot versus you're a shit golfer. Yeah. They're two yeah. very different statements, and if you if you go down the line of you're a shit golfer, it's gonna get really ugly, and it turns into something a lot bigger very quickly. And I just think yeah. that you're so like you know you're right. Basically, it's it's going to it's going to really it's going to take a lot of confidence away from um, from who you are as, as a golfer as a person. So yeah, um, everyone's gonna hit bad shots. That's like that's just the nature of the game, and yeah, that was a really shit shot. You can admit that to yourself, but that doesn't mean you're a shit golfer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's, it's one of the, one of the easiest ways for people to understand the power of self-talk is just realise, just don't make it personal because how that, you know, adds, adds fuel to the fire with so many other cognitive patterns. But when you don't do that, when you don't make it personal, it does the opposite. All we're really doing is I suppose I'm in the business of diffusing. So diffusing negative thoughts, diffusing you know, unproductive emotions, diffusing anger. Um, it's not that we're trying to eliminate them and get rid of them because that's impossible. It's just let's try and make them less so we can still perform within our perimeter. Um, so yeah, you know, there's a lot of diffusion techniques, um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's really good to um, do. You, how, how long do you think you might have had that personal self-talk going on in the background? Um, I'm not sure. I probably never really looked at it the way that you kind of put it in that don't yeah. make it personal. Um, yeah. You know, there was just weeks, there's weeks where you would play poorly and you would just give it to yourself. Um, you would just, you know, tell yourself how bad you are. And um, I'm the first to admit, like I'm, I was, I was really bad at, um, beating myself up after tournaments, basically if I didn't win, um, yeah. whatever, it was very rare that I would walk away from a tournament really, really proud of what I'd done because it felt like it could have been better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was like that self-talk and just, it can just grind you down a lot. Um, yeah. so just, yeah, just learning that some weeks it's just not going to go right last, you know, I can't beat myself up about what happened last week. You know, I missed the cut in a, in a weak field. Sure. It would have been, it would, it was a great opportunity to play well and, and, you know, win or get some FedEx cup points and get closer towards a PJ tour card or however you yeah. want to put it. Like you, you could, you could frame it that way or just be like, look, it just didn't work. It just didn't yeah. happen last week. And that's fine. It, you know, it's yeah. not going to happen every week. We'll take our chances somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, GXL Cruiser, GXL Cruiser. Hello, thank you for joining us, Jack. Good to uh, good to have you here, mate. I um, hope you're well. Yeah, I think that was a um, a really. I mean, we've got such a powerful week to always refer back to the confidence component with Dubai because most people might know the story. You know, the the week before in Abu Dhabi, you, you're tied 12th going into the weekend, and and you just put so much pressure on yourself to to have a good week that week and, um, and didn't. Uh, and then we realized that the confidence component was sort of starting to break down a bit. And all we did the week of Dubai was just basically just put some confidence processes in, the journal writing, the, the highlight reel stuff, go and watch some of your best clips on YouTube. And you even took it to a whole nother level. And actually, I think you emailed Golf Australia to send you some footage of yourself or, um, and just, making you feel good about yourself. Um, and again, not from, not from a false sense. Like when you spoke about journaling before about we've got that competence journaling there. Now, I'm a big believer in confidence is built on competence, not on, um, you know, not on distortion um, or stories that are created. Um, so tell me what you experienced that week of Dubai from a confidence point of view that helped you to, to perform better. Now, obviously, we know you won the event and you're not going to win events always when you do that, but what did it do to you and help you with from a performance point of view that week? 
Yeah, well, you're right. Like I spoke to one of my friends that works at um, Golf Australia, got her to send basically anything they had on file that was uh, me playing golf, me doing interviews, anything like that, just send it all over. I want to kind of almost create like a bit of a a highlight package, a bit of a highlight reel um, that you can just go back and watch and just remind yourself that like, yeah, that was me hitting that shot. Um, You know, and that's like, I'm still that person. I can still do that. Um, And it's, it's a tricky one, like, we both know from Australia, it's like you can just get looked at for being as being arrogant um, so quickly and so easily with, you know, something simple as that. Like, yeah, like really, realistically, at least half the views of the highlight reel of me winning in Dubai is probably myself, probably me going back and watching yeah. it and reliving, um, you know, what it was like, the feelings that it was like hitting those shots and how, to, you know, watching the process of going through, remembering all the stuff that I was thinking at the time, like, yeah. Um, it's that could so easy, so easily come across as like as arrogant. And I think that was something that I was called as a kid and I hated it. Um, yeah. and now I've just figured out that like, well, that realistically is that arrogant. If, if, you know, if that is, and someone wants to call me arrogant for that, like that's fine. They can do that. Um, yeah. they yeah. don't understand. They don't understand that to be, you know, one of the best golfers in the world, that's what you have to do. And that's what I need to do. Um, yeah. if you want to call that a sacrifice in your life, like that's a sacrifice that I want to make. Um, the people that understand my goals are going to understand that maybe that has to be distorted, that part of my personality, but it is what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's what has to happen, I think. So yeah, uh, think- for sure. It's, it's something that, um, that week, you know, I try to watch a lot of those highlight reels, just, you know, I was watching stuff from five years prior to that, um, stuff yeah. that I'd done. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we go into the weekend in Abu Dhabi at tied 12th and it was almost like, all right, how's this one going to fall apart this time? We yeah. go into the weekend in Dubai at tied 12th and we're like, something's different this week. Something yeah. feels different. It's going to, things are going to be different this week. Yeah. I had no, honestly, like, you know, I had no expectation level of winning that golf tournament. I was yeah. there to be like, all right, let's put a good solid performance through and let's start ticking off some goals. Let's feel like we can make some improvements on what we've done. That was yeah. all I wanted to do. It wasn't until it wasn't until we're sitting in the players' lounge after the round, going, "Okay, we're going to be in a playoff here." That I was like, yeah. "Okay, we can win this tournament." You yeah. know, walking up the 18th, hitting three wood on the green, I was like, "We two putt this. I'm going to have a great week. I'm going to shot every round under par. I'm going to yeah. feel like I've ticked off a bunch of goals. We're probably going to run a top five. Um, you know, all of a sudden, like I felt like things were, you know, it was back in momentum for me. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, the week prior would have been like damn, we should have birdied 16 and we should have, you know, we should be in this playoff. Um, yeah. It was just a different yeah. different way to look at it. And it was so so much healthier and, and helped my yeah. game so much more. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we put a lot of building blocks in place that week, which we've discussed on the podcast prior and, and, you know, just, you know, top, top 40, top 30, like just putting up some expectations whereby you don't have to be great to still sort of, create that sense of achievement and accomplishment. And, you know, what you said before, I think is, it's relevant to everyone. How do we like Ginger Ninja's comment too, by the way? That's, that's just yes. sneakily pretty you funny. Know, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get to your question in a second, but uh, Daniel, I think, I'm, I think I'm blocking you from this channel from now on. Um, <laughs> I want to know more often. I do respect it. I do respect it. But I think going back to your comment about, you know, like, being arrogant or just feeling good about yourself, I think that's just something that, that, that needs to be transferred to everyday life. Like all of us in our work or in our relationship or just in our relationship with ourselves, the better we feel about ourselves, the better outcomes are going to be achieved. Now, you're, you're in an industry where you only get paid on outcomes. You know, that's, that's point blank. Most people aren't. Most people are in an industry where they get a salary and whether they bring their A-plus game or their C-minus game, they probably don't really get negatively impacted too much. So their outcomes aren't as crucial as what yours are. If you, you know, so feeling good about yourself um, and increasing your own confidence and self-worth is such a valuable thing. And I think it's just important for everyone to do, whether it's work-related, whether it's life-related, just, you know, if someone's, uh, like even myself, like you know what quarantine's like. I, I've come out of quarantine with quarantine body, I'll call it. Um, so, you know, the like, quarantine kegs that you throw on. 
like honestly, that was a joke. I, uh, my weight doesn't fluctuate too much at all. And I came out and I am four kilos heavier, four kilos than before I got into quarantine. And that's like a no joke. Um, I didn't, I didn't even step on the scales, mate. I spent, <laughs> I spent a grand, I spent a grand for a week of Uber Eats, uh, two weeks of Uber Eats in hotel oh. quarantine. Like, and you yeah. can't, you, you can imagine that there was probably not a lot of like, healthy kind of choices yeah. being made there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I found a similar pattern. I had these grand visions of, you know, trying to eat healthy and do some exercise. And then I get in there, I'm doing Zoom calls, I'm working. And then the only thing that you've got to look forward to each day to make you feel good is a meal food. because, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not getting access to other things that, you know, bring enjoyment to your life. But, um, yeah, so now go back to Austin's uh, Question quickly: What were your expectations of a like competing in tournaments after the win in Dubai? Um, yeah, it's tricky. Like you go to a, you, you turn or you have those goals in um, in Dubai where it's like we just want to finish top forty, and all yeah. of a sudden you win. Yeah, pretty hard to then carry the same goals into a WGC. Um, yeah, you kind of got to. You kind of. It's it's just tricky. It's tricky to find the middle ground. Um, yeah, I think, I think when I've done it well, I've focused more on the process goals um, yeah. rather than worrying about what the end product looks like at the end of the week. So, yeah, um, yeah if I, like, that's probably something I'm trying to get back to now in, in terms of, like, if we just – if we kind of – if we get to the end of the week and don't have any regrets of, like, probably shouldn't have eaten that burger for dinner on Friday night – or like probably shouldn't have had that glass of wine at dinner last night. We have none of those at the end of the week. Then like, that's all you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if there's no, if there's, if you can sort of tick off everything you need to do for the week, sometimes it, sometimes it's great. And sometimes you finish top five and sometimes you run second to last or yeah. last. Yeah. Just what happens. It's a shit yeah. game. That's yeah. What yeah. And I think, I think the important thing too, Austin, there is, and, and Austin's a client of mine, so we, we, we sort of go through this stuff, is as long as your, I suppose, your goals or your expectations are organised in the right order so that you don't put the outcome at the top as the most important thing, it's always good to have an attachment to an outcome goal because, again, that's what you guys get paid for, but make it sort of the second or third or fourth focus point but have some other processes that are going to lead to giving you an opportunity to have a better outcome. I think that's, that's yeah. really important and things that you can control as much as possible because in the, in the game of golf, we all know we, we can't control too much. Um, so yeah, really feeling getting like back, you've done a great job of those things. Getting back to that hotel quarantine, just real quick, like another, 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 uh, first world complaint really realistically, because we were the lucky ones that got to travel during this pandemic. But yeah. like that is, yeah. that is actually a, it's almost borderline an inhumane uh, process the way they're doing that. Like you don't get any fresh air for two weeks. Like yeah. you're getting served some very, very average food. Um, yeah. I mean, like I get it. I get that it protects the rest of the country, but like I'm an Australian citizen and I kind of feel a little bit undervalued the fact that we have, like I have to go back and do that every single time. It's like my country's almost rejecting me and wanting me to come back. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying most of this, but yeah, like that—that that was probably another reason, a pretty big reason why I set up here in Orlando. Is if like yeah. I felt like I wanted, I felt like I was like people, like I was wanted to be here. Yeah. Whereas Australia just feels like if you leave the country now, it's like you're rejected. You yeah. go do whatever you want to do and like leave and don't come back. Don't yeah. come back till you got a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think. I mean, obviously, for me, you know, I was. I was lucky enough, as you say, to be able to travel and, and, and spend five weeks with my clients and, and I hadn't been able to do that for 12 months. So uh, I'd also prepared myself that, okay, well, part of the deal is I'm going to spend two weeks in a hotel, um, which was fine. Um, the food, obviously, uh, as people might have seen on some of my stories, uh, some of the meals were quite interesting. But for me, the interesting thing was there was a couple of things. Firstly, I got tested before. I left the US, negative, tested on day two, negative. Um, on day 13, my meal gets dropped off at the door. 
They knock on the door. I open the door and the lady was still standing in front of the door. And as I opened the door, I went, thank you, because I thank them every time. Um, and she's like, no, 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 no. Get back in your room. Get back in your room. Like, because she was still out in front of my door a metre and a half away from me. And I'm like, really? Like, that, that's a bit of an overreaction. Um, and it just made me start yeah. to realise, it made me start to realise we are, I think, overreacting a lot here, but obviously it's doing a good thing. And, and I'm not saying it's the wrong thing because I don't, I couldn't, I wouldn't know what the right, the, the you know, the right thing is. It's, it's, it, you know, they're, they're keeping numbers low and all that sort of stuff. But that really shook me, just her reaction. I'm like, mate, you're making me feel like a criminal here. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but you anyway, treated, treated like you've got leprosy. Yeah, that's right. Um, so... But uh, I'll just go to, to Ginger's question. I, I think won't we, go I think to Dominic. We'll skip all of Dom's. Yeah, yeah. Because he's professional as always. Like we've tried to, you know, help him yeah. out with social media and that sort of thing. Um, how hard is it not to get too far ahead of yourself? Stay in the moment each week, as such. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, it's probably impossible, really, to uh, to not get ahead of yourself. I think you start you lead a tournament going into the final round and you're sort of going, oh, well, like, imagine if I won. Imagine the things that could, like, imagine the things could come from this. Um, it's impossible yeah. not to do it, I think, but it's just, it's more yeah. like how you manage it. Um, yeah. It's, and, yeah, you're, I guess your ability to then refocus on, like, what's the next thing we have to do. So, yeah, yeah. it's same thing on a golf, it's same thing on a golf course. You start, you know, you start making some birdies and you start thinking, Oh, we've got two par fives coming up and like, and then there's that short par four that we could drive and like, we could get like, we could get like eight or nine under here. Um, yeah. As long as you, as long as the next shot is the one that you're focusing on. So cliche. Yeah. Next, next shot's yeah. the one you're focusing on. You're not, you know, just being really clear in your mind with what you're trying to do. Um, and probably, and then also like accepting that it might not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the odds are it probably won't happen. Yeah. Um, given, you know, you, it's, it's, there's not, not many guys hitting 18 greens in regulation. So if you hit the first yeah. nine, there's a pretty good chance you're probably going to miss one on the back nine somewhere. Like it is, yeah. it is possible. You can't hit 18 yeah. greens in reg, but it's just, you know, yeah. the odds aren't really in your favor. Um, yeah. just knowing that, too, doing that, but then still trying to commit to the shot that you're trying to hit. Yeah. I think too, uh, Daniel and, and, and everyone else, it's just, as we said before, you play for outcomes. You, the outcomes are always going to sort of creep into your thoughts because that's what you play for. That's what you practice for. So recognising that I am getting ahead of myself, being aware of it is, is very crucial, but then going, okay, what, what do I need to do right now? And I have a term that, that, that the team love, um, uh, <laughs> Dom, Dominic especially. Herbie, I might let you uh, fill everyone in. I feel like chunking it down is about to walk into this conversation. <laughs> yes. Yes, I haven't used the term for a while. You've got to give me that. Uh, yeah, well, you've been busy posting sunsets and um, cigar photos, so you haven't been able to sneak in a chunking it down post for a while, I guess. But <laughs> You dickhead. Um, but, yes, chunking it down, just recognising, like as Herbie says, and Herbie's very much of one of like, okay, I'm, I'm three under, projecting ahead looking forward i've got a good opportunity to maybe get this to seven but what do i need to do right now what's what's in front of me right now that's that's important so i think that having an awareness of what's going on um, allowing yourself to recognize you're getting ahead of yourself but okay that's cool but now i need to bring it back is is a powerful thing so and it's a it's a thing that can be practiced as well and trained uh you know, in, in different forms, we do three-hole blocks, six-hole blocks. You can you can chunk a round of golf down to to sort of create an environment of allowing you to be a bit closer to the present, so that you're not. Because if you get too far away, sometimes it can be a bit more challenging to to come back. But um, yeah, so that's it's definitely that's yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's definitely. I I certainly do it through rounds of golf in terms of I, I probably look at more stretches of holes. So um, yeah, if we go back to the if we go back to the Honda Classic, you tee off the first. You've got one, two, and three are really good birdie opportunities. Um, yeah. Yeah, three, you know, three holes. If you hit some good shots, there's there's definitely birdies on offer. But then you've got 
fourth hole is quite tricky. The fifth hole is a tough par three. The sixth hole is a par four, par five turned into a par four. So that's obviously going to be a tough hole. Seven's a really yeah. tough par three. So all of a sudden, yeah. like you've chunked it down into two little blocks there of like, all right, let's get after it. Those first three holes, obviously trying yeah. to make birdies. Um, yeah. You're not going to expect to birdie the first three, but you've definitely got chances to. And then after yeah. that, okay, maybe maybe the next four holes, let's try and like, let's try and get this through at even par. Let's try and make four pars on these on these tough holes. And maybe yeah. that just changes your mindset a little bit too, in that you're not trying to, you know take the flag out on every single approach shot. Like maybe it's now yeah. more of a conservative attitude into the greens where it's like, okay, well we've got water left on the fifth hole and that's pretty much a five straight away to hit it in there. So let's just take yeah. our line a little bit more conservatively to the right side of the green. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's take our chances from 30 feet to try and two part. Realistically, if we make three threes on this hole, like we've just picked up a shot minimum, minimum a shot on the field for the week. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think just, yeah, just being aware of like where your tough hole stretches are, where your easy hole stretches are, and then, um, you know, changing your strategy from there. And I think once you, like, I, I feel like when I, when my strategy changes for those holes, then your mindset changes as well from a, from an attacking to, I don't want to say defending, but just it's, it's more of a realistic um, kind of attitude or realistic approach to it where, yeah, you, you, you know, it's not trying to birdie every hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, we've got a question from uh, Rach McQueen. Rach, thank you for your question. Uh, do you have a different mental approach to the majors or is it consistent throughout? Well, I've not done Augusta, so can't comment on Augusta. Uh, the others I can. The US Open is a is a different golf tournament. You may as well be playing tennis that week uh, because it's level par is going to win that tournament more times than it's not. So that it is the hardest golf courses. It's the hardest setup that you're going to see anywhere in golf. Generally. Um, I think Aaron Hills might've been a, a, a exception, but I know a wing foot last year. I mean, Bryson one was six under no one else shot under par. So pars are very, very good. Pars are your friend. Uh, yeah. a par is a very good score on a hole and you never kick yourself for a par. Yeah. I think, um, it's just understanding you're probably going to get, two spots in the round to attack. Pause here, sorry. Yeah, every, um, everyone gets a chance to see Herbie sneeze because it is like, it's like the world's going to blow up. It's got that much intensity behind it. It's not, it's not as bad as Dom, settle down. Um, <laughs> so I think you, you're going to get two chances probably maximum in a round to attack. You're going to get probably going to get a par five that you might be able to reach into. And you're probably going to get they they love a little drive or par four in a US Open. So you're probably going to get a ch- like chances where you can maybe get it into positions to make birdies. But then it, the, the shots are so hard that you're probably not going to like. It's great if they come off, but there's a very good chance they're not going to because you're going to hit yeah. great shots that are all of a sudden short side in the rough. And then it's like you're back to your mentality of par golf. Par's your friend. Par golf is yeah. perfect. Par golf is is great. Um, you, you know, and then when you do get out of position, just don't make double or yeah. triple or worse. Yeah. Um, you can, you yeah. can get a bogey back occasionally. You can get a bogey back. A double, yeah. a double is going to take 15 really good holes of golf to get back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. So um, I think the US opens like that. The open championship is, then it's a whole, that's, that's, I mean, I've only played Carnoustie. Um, I've played, yeah, don't worry. He's professional as always. He's probably hang on. Before we before we approach this, he's probably he probably just hasn't heard his favourite song in a while, Jamie. So we'll go to um we'll go to Dom, these are, if anyone's wondering what Dom's using for his Instagram content, uh we'll just Mont- Montel Jordan. Montel Jordan on repeat. Uh so Dom, do you maybe just throw that playlist on for another fifteen minutes or so whilst Pewie gets in a cab. To go to the yes, hotel. we're waiting for we're waiting for Pewie. So we've we've got a team Zoom supposedly starting right now, everyone. But Pewie's just in, in so Dubai we'll, waiting. We'll go, we'll go back to we'll keep this professional because I know that Dom tries to derail most things with his non-professionals. Um, yeah. Open Championship. I obviously only played one at Carnoustie, but um, I've played other Open Championship venues. So played St Andrews. I've played Shrewn. I've played. Um, I feel like I played one more, which I can't think of right. Liverpool. Uh, no, not Liverpool. Um, Birkdale. Birkdale. Yep. 
they're all about angles. Uh, it's all about just having angles at, at stuff. Um, and then the wind, the, the conditions, the whatever, um, whatever the, whatever the weather throws up at you for the day. Um, you know, there's days where the guys at tee off at 6am get perfect, no wind, they shoot four under. Yeah. And then you come out at two o'clock and you're like, what golf course do they play? Cause yeah. two overs is a great score right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you got to get a little bit lucky with the draw, but it's also, I, I think it's just down to angles. You got to be, it's all about placing your ball in the right spots. Um, yeah. generally you're not going to overpower these places. You're not going to hit it that far that you can just destroy the golf course. Um, it's, it tends to be more of a, just getting the angles right. Um, and yeah, kind of pretty much avoiding bunkers because generally yeah. they're a, uh, they're a hazard that you're just going out sideways from. Yeah. So from, from and, a major and finish the, and to finish the PGA is just a glorified PGA Tour event, really. It's just the rough's yeah. a little bit longer and the greens are a little bit faster. They're not. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's an overly tough setup. Yeah. So majors are probably, from a strategy point of view, there's a lot more that's going on there. You've got to take in a lot more detail. The, the courses are set up more challenging. But from a, a let's say, a, a, an approach to your own personal recipe to play well that typically stays the same week in, week out from a, you know, how, how do you access your peak performance day? How do you play your best golf? Uh, it just gets moulded into the different course setups at majors. I think it's hard to say that you wouldn't try harder in the majors. I think yeah. you, you have to be sharper. Yeah. You definitely have to be sharper and you have to be more on your game um, with those. I think yeah. if anything, I've probably got it to a stage now where I'm just, almost probably more diligent with the way I approach my preparation. Um, mm -hmm. I think once you're out there at the tournament, um, it's almost, it's almost not letting the occasion get the best of you because you know that, you know, it's a big tournament and it's just yeah. really good players that are playing and, you know, you start playing well, obviously not sort of getting too caught up in that. Um, that would be probably the only difference I would, uh, I would say, I think, yeah, it's, it's just they just require more preparation. Um, yeah. They're generally yeah. really harder tests of golf um, on your game than, than a regular PJ Tour event. And also, too, like, you know, we, we want to play Kiwa, Kiwa Island in six weeks' time. Like, yeah. they don't play a regular tour event there. The guys that played the PGA there in, when was it, 2012 maybe, they've seen the yeah. golf course, but most other guys probably haven't. So, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you look at the Honda Classic two weeks ago, and there'd be a lot of guys in that field that have played 15 15 years on tour that have seen that course every single year, you know, yeah. they don't have to learn a hell of a lot. Whereas, uh, you know, if yeah. you've only seen the course once before then, you know, different kettle of fish. Yeah, for sure. And Rach, I think too, it's, um, it's hard not to approach a major differently and it's actually okay to approach a major differently because it is such a different, it has so much more meaning, uh, those events, those bigger events, but it's about recognizing how you respond to that situation. As Herbie said, not to, not to try too hard, but also not to try and, I suppose, you know, block it out and, and, then, and then to do the opposite. So it's just that, that balance point there that, um, you know, as long as you are understanding and have clarity over what, what do you need to do to perform the best you can in those bigger situations, recognise it's a bigger situation, but then always come back to, you know, what do you need to do to, to be able to play uh, at or near your best. So, um, so that's great. So really good. But mate, I think we we'll done, um, I think we'll, we'll questions. leave it. Yeah, anyone got any more questions before we? Uh, I, I know Herbie wants to stay on just so he doesn't have to start this team Zoom with Dom. But um. <laughs> no, Peewee's still fifteen minutes away in a cab apparently, so I'm happy to take some more questions whilst we're uh, whilst we're at it. Oh, Unless, well, let's uh, let's see. If that's probably like they're probably redundant, really. Yeah, they won't get through. I think I've blocked him already, so that's fine. He won't be able to. He won't be able to say anything else. But. Um, yeah, let me know if you have any other questions. How is he still – actually, how is he still on this Zoom chat? Surely it's just chewed up the entire data allowance of his monthly internet bill. Yeah. He's uh, – I think he's probably well, maybe, using someone else's – Maybe because he's uh, head of the body corporate, he gets a bit of free internet access. I don't know. <laughs> love it. Love Being it. Being uh, up there at Caprice. Yes, he does love it up there. So uh, – but everyone, uh, yeah. If how was, um, sorry, mate. Is, uh, how was how was the Gold Coast at the moment? I see there's, uh, I see there is 
some sort of lockdown happening in Queensland. I'd never really know where it's at. I see we got no, uh, someone. Someone had a spicy cough. So what's yeah. what's the latest? Are you out of lockdown? Are you in lockdown? What's the story? No. So lockdown. There was Brisbane lockdown the other day for three days. That finished. Um, and now we're we're all opened up. We're just masks. Masks are mandatory at the moment when you're um uh, when you're you know indoors somewhere. So that that's fine now. Yeah, cool. So no, we're we're all good. So I'll be. Uh, Good old, I was planning on getting down to Melbourne in a couple of weeks to catch up with family, do a bit of work at Royal Melbourne. So uh, that that's, uh, looks like it's going to go ahead, which is nice. But, um, yeah, I wasn't overly... I wasn't overly excited about getting out of quarantine and then five days later going into lockdown. But, um, yeah, yeah. We've, we've avoided that, luckily. So it's, it's, it's good, especially for... I mean, for everyone, uh, you know, Easter weekend... It, the last 12 months, it just seems like every time we've had a lockdown in Australia, it's been over a holiday period. Um, so just, yeah, good for people to be able to get out and enjoy their Easter holidays. I'm actually, I'm catching up with Scott this afternoon for a beer, so that'll be fun. I haven't seen him for a, a while. And Scott is up there. Yeah, Scott has come up for a weekend, I think. So um, he, uh, I, I, we missed his wedding because of... Um, because of... Um, the spicy cough. Yes, yes. So, um, Dominic, Roscoe, why are you encouraging, honestly? He's trying. Oh. I, reckon, I reckon Dom's going to link the nose hair up with the mullet soon. Yes, yeah, and his eyebrows and his ear hair. It's not yeah. a pretty look. But uh, I, think, I think we're going to, uh, going to end this episode of the Mental Mastery Golf TV because it's going to turn into... Um, how to grow hair school with Dominic as a party soon, and that's uh, that's not something anyone wants. But um, so, thank you for joining me, mate. We'll look forward to um, continuing to uh, see your progress over there in the US. Um, you know, really good to see that you've set up base in Orlando and are enjoying it over there. Um, and yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks for having me on, man. My pleasure. My pleasure, mate. Good stuff. We'll. Uh, See you shortly. Shots fired, Austin. There's always shots fired. I was surprised it took so long, to be honest. But uh, sure. thanks, mate. We're... <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. See you, guys. All right, guys. Thank you for joining uh, again on uh, the Mental Mastery Golf TV show. Just remember, every weekend uh, we're going to do an episode with uh, another guest of either the Inside Golf Academy. So the Inside Golf Academy is my online learning hub for mental game courses. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to get access to those, check check us out on Inst- uh, Instagram here. My link in my bio can get you um, get you access to those courses as well. But uh, thank you all for uh, for joining. Hope everyone has a fantastic Easter. Um, be safe, be well, and look forward to seeing you next week on the Mental Mastery Golf TV Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to dare2dream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. <laughs>